What's up, cuties? Oh my gosh, you guys, today is so cute. It's so like, it's just so sweet. Today we get to hear the gorgeous dynamic between Erin and her wonderful sister, Amanda. It's so fun to hear them like recount different experiences from different perspectives and just hear how they've navigated that daunting, amazing, difficult wonderful sisterly dynamic if you have a sister you know exactly what I mean if you don't have a sister listen in because you're about to find out exactly what I mean and we want to give a fair and generous warning that this week's episode gets into discussions of suicide self-harm and an experience about abortions and so if this is something that might be sensitive to you we ask that you please please check in with yourself um we will definitely be back next week and we love you so much please take care of yourself here we go Good day, my friends. I'm so excited to have you guys here together. The little sister crew. Such a treat. How's it going? I'm good. I'm a bit nervous because we've never done anything like that. We've never done like family therapy. And I feel like that's (laughs) what this is going to (laughs) be. Okay. Well, um, welcome to family therapy. Today's your day, babes. Today is your day. Let's do it. In true family therapy fashion, I feel like we should start with like the basics like obviously we know you guys are sisters can we get the whole rundown who's older you know what's the age difference all you know all the good stuff do you want me to go or yeah you kick it off because I feel like I'm the talker of the two of us (laughs) and I'm gonna make you do all the talking (laughs) making me sweaty putting me on the spot (laughs) Erin's the oldest. I kind of just chilled in the background. She was always kind of like the in-charge one, automatically attracted people, like always was social. I was definitely not that way for sure. That is somewhat shocking to me because I feel like you you just like present so extroverted. I think in my spaces I am. So like at work, I'm extroverted. When I like go thrifting, things I do all the time, I'm more extroverted. But then in things like where I'm in a group of people, if I haven't met them before, I'd look at Aaron to like take mm-hmm. the lead for sure. Mm-hmm. That would definitely be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like this is really important too, because I would say, um, so our immediate family, which was really all we grew up with, we were the only ones in the city that we lived in was like our household. So it was predominantly just the four of us. Um, I'd say mom and dad and myself are all extroverted, like through and through. And Amanda has always needed time to herself like I mean we'd kind of lovingly but not like call her the loner and like she'd spend (laughs) hours in her room where we're all like hanging out and so I feel like maybe you've kind of picked some of up like those social things because we were often with other people or doing stuff yeah no, I agree. This is so interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like some of that, like looking to Aaron when you're like unsure thing is like just age dynamics. You know what I mean? Like birth order and that kind of stuff. How, what's your guys' age gap? What is it? Two years? Two and a half years? Two and a half years. <laughs> I think so. I was like something around <laughs> Yeah. We, like we talk about this though, and this is important. Um, 
I think, and Amanda, correct me if I'm wrong, but like there's two and a half years between us and then there's some like developmental differences too. So it's always felt a lot wider. Like Amanda ended up repeating a grade in school. And so then like that spaced us out. I've always felt like a really old soul and Amanda is very like youthful and not young, like in a negative sense at all, but I think that gap has felt a lot wider than it is on paper. Hmm. Yeah. You agree, Amanda? Yeah. Oh, 100%. I totally think that. I think in different areas too, because like even with my career and talking to people, I'm sure Haley, you can relate as we're in the same industry. Uh, I just think too, like people tell me all the time, like if they ask me things or whatever, I have people all the time who are like, you are so wise for your Mm. age. Like, how old are you? Like, I'm constantly being asked that. So that is interesting. But yeah, I'm not one to be outwardly right off the bat for sure. Mm. Like to take time to get to know people and stuff. Yeah. Once I like feel group out or like get to know someone after like two or three times, I'm pretty good at like, okay, let's vibe now. But like, I like to see it through, suss people out. I feel like I've been told I have a good judge and character. And I think part of that comes from being the loner kid and sitting in the back. Like I kind of observe people a lot of my life. So I read a lot of cues, a lot of facial, a lot of bodily mm. things where I'm like, okay, yeah, we're going to connect or mm, no, I'm going to keep my distance kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. totally. That's helpful though. Like being able to like yeah. be a good judge of character because then it hopefully saves you from some trouble. For sure. And I think it also helps like if something isn't serving me, I don't have... I don't think I have as hard time as some of like walking away. Like Mm. I start to connect when I hang out with people. If I'm like, oh, like when I get home, I'm like, oh, that's not a good sign. Like I shouldn't feel like I need to take a breather from that relationship. Like that's something I need to be paying close attention to when I hang out with those people. Because if I'm continuously feeling that and like there's not a discussion around that, then like I'm going to talk to you and be like, hey, like maybe this isn't working for us anymore. Like thanks for being my life for how long you have been but like two seconds let's go yeah let's go two separate ways you know is that hard for you to do or does that just come easily to you like those conversations I think hard and easy I can I do consider myself a pretty blunt person like in a soft way I'm not like blunt to the point where I'm like aggressive about it but I am in a way of like I'm not gonna lie to you so I think like something ain't working something ain't working and I'll let you take that how you will yeah yeah she didn't inherit the people pleasing (laughs) that is nice I'm I just got a hundred percent over here so yippee I think I had it a bit more when I was younger but I think I kicked it Mm. a lot sooner for sure because I was changed a lot yeah yeah how so what do you guys mean I think like when I was younger I for sure just kind of I tried to fit in with people or I try and do what people told me to do and it wouldn't work it wouldn't work it wouldn't work I'm trying to make everybody else proud around me and ultimately Mm -hmm. I was like but I'm not I'm not very proud of myself like this isn't what makes me happy so like why would I do that like so it's just every day it's just presenting as me and who I want to be and just making sure like I don't focus too much on what people say or do yeah I'd say like she's always definitely beaded to her own drum but I think maybe you like kept that to yourself a Mm -hmm. lot um when we were kids and then really when you moved out and like moved to Calgary on your own you just like yeah went through this big shift yeah like 
this is who I am. Take it or leave it. Mm. No shits given. (laughs) Yeah, I was, it was like the first time being away from family. Also like discovering a city I once lived in that like I hadn't been, like I moved when I was 18 to Edmonton for three years. So pretty much right after high school. So a lot of like the traumas and things that I had from junior high, elementary, all those things, like I kind of just left. I ran away from them and I was like, okay, great. Like I, I can ignore them. And then after a relationship I was like no I need to move back like also my career at the time wasn't where I wanted it to be a lot of people out here knew me so people were contacting me from here decided to move back and then with that I feel like I was confronted by a lot of past things that I hadn't addressed and had to so it was like okay you get to fully discover who you are you're paying your own bills you're doing the big girl stuff like let's go you know yeah that's major especially at that like younger age I guess my question is and I'm purely asking for myself, what, if any, fallout did you experience in your personal relationships when you're making that shift from people pleaser to like, fuck it, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do? Is there like a shift there? Because I would assume that people don't take that super well when they're used to you pleasing them. A hundred percent. I feel like I had not only like family, which was like, yeah, that's tough because it's part of like, in my mind, if you're not doing something that's going to hurt someone else physically, emotional is hard because that's hard to avoid. Sometimes people Mm -hmm. get personally hurt, take things personally. But as long as you're physically and not like verbally abusing someone, like I think you got to do what you want at the end of the day. But People definitely like had a hard time receiving it, but eventually through conversations and communication that maybe wasn't open or as open before, I feel like we kind of got to a better place now with that for sure. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. I mean, that would take time, I guess, but I'm glad to hear that it wasn't like too dramatic or too difficult because that's no. my biggest fear. <laughs> I'm definitely the type of person, though, where I don't care if I'm in, like, a relationship with you romantically, friendship, or even, like, dare I say family. Like, if if you can't accept me for who I am and who I present as to you, then, like, why would I want you in my life if I want to keep a friend or a boyfriend like that? Like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that. So I'm like that with everything. Mm Mm-hmm. It's important to be choosy, I feel like, about the people in your life and like what you're spending your energy on because we only have so much life, you know? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I I have a question that I've never asked you or thought about until this, but I wonder how much you being so comfortable being on your own plays into that because like I feel like you really have a sense of like – you know, you know what you want to do for fun or like how you spend your time Mm -hmm. or for so, well, not so long, but for a number of years, like you lived totally on your own and like thrived in that. Like, whereas for, I need a, not a big, but a close circle of people. So the thought of like pissing everybody off around me and I'm on my own, like I'd rather put up with their shit (laughs) than be by myself. And so I wonder how much of you being comfortable and confident on your own plays into that oh I think it's it's huge like I think that starts from a young age too and like going back to like trying to fit in and trying to be what other people wanted to me to be being like no matter what I do I'm not gonna make you happy so like at the sacrifice myself like it's not worth it right yeah hmm you make it sound so easy though, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like that tracks, that tracks in my brain. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That all makes sense. And I, that's how I'm going to live my life too. And then I'm like, okay, um, yeah, let's put that in motion. Like I'm also, I feel like I'm in between you guys. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah. I'm okay with pissing some people off, but like family and these kinds of things. I'm like, oh, 
scared, like, you know? For sure. It's definitely difficult. And, like, it to say it came easy would be false, for sure. Like, it definitely came with its own challenges, its own conversations, moments where I did think I was going to lose certain people forever that I was terrified to lose forever. But also, I have to, like, it's a continual reminder of, like, if you aren't being true to who you are. And if you are going to be upset by this like journey or following what this person wants, like why are you putting yourself through that? Because Mm. at the end of the day, you're just prolonging something that I think is inevitable. Like you're inevitably going to be like, why am I doing this time and time again? And it's just a merry-go-round. Like when are you getting off kind of thing, right? Mm. Okay. So do you fear or dislike change? I feel like yes like I'd say I'm someone who likes consistency and likes like to be content but it depends what it is I used to fear it a lot more I went through pretty drastic change in my life about three four years ago right before I met my husband where it felt like everything I dreamed about and wanted had just like fell apart it fell at my feet I was like broken down probably at my worst mental health I've been in months I'm lucky enough that I do have family that knows of previous struggles that I was able to talk with them about it and get out of that. So I did like go to therapy and do all the work that I needed to do and got to a place where I was like, no, like I'm still happy with where I'm at and it's where I need to be kind of thing. But also like gave me the ability to be like, hey, if drastic things do happen, like what's meant for you will be and just like keep reiterating that like eventually things do work out I've been shown time and time again at the end of the day it's all going to be okay that's like my partner's thing with me whenever I like start to be unhinged or I'm losing it he's like hey it's all going to be okay and when he used to say that in the beginning I was like no it's not but as Mm. things started to happen and turn out okay eventually I was like okay that's just what you got to repeat to yourself Mm because it will be Mm -hmm. yeah I guess I ask about the change because this whole like I'm choosing me no matter Mm -hmm. what that costs you mentality. Like that's so life-giving, I feel like to Mm -hmm. yourself and like choosing yourself is so amazing, but also like that can create a lot of turbulence that can create like a lot of change when that doesn't agree with other people. Cause I feel like that's not the societal norm. And that's not to say don't do that for sure. Do Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. But I guess it just, it just makes me wonder about how you handle people coming in and out of your life because one thing that my dad says to me all the time is like some people are only in your life for a season and I'm like Mm -hmm. oh I hate that I hate that so much because I'm like I value the relationships in my life and that's where I think I'm like really similar to Aaron in that like I need my people like I need people in my life that are like you know like they're there for a long time and so when you're like oh thank you for your time in my life and peace out Girl Scout I'm like what like that's so (laughs) scary can I provide some clarity though and like jump in Amanda yeah I want to call you her nickname that we all call her is bear and so I keep wanting (laughs) to say that but um I mean this just is what it is like the reality is Amanda has the same best friend that she's had since high school junior high high school and like she's stayed consistent throughout aside from that like there have maybe been like a couple of people that have come and gone from like work situations Mm -hmm. or like when she moved to Calgary and I think that's where you're really choosy with you know it it doesn't really get to this point where there's a lot of people around her and then she's like hey bye yeah it was like she was more kind of like hermit on her own and then 
as people come in or out, I feel like you make that decision a lot quicker now than you used to. Mm -hmm. But the people that are closest to you, like have been around for a long time. Yeah. Like once, once you're, you're my person and I start to like make the move to hang out with you outside of our usual places, like you're, you're my person. And it's very (laughs) rare that I have someone that I get that close with that I inevitably have to remove or step away from. It's been very few people. I would agree with it. I'm very protective over my energy and who I let in. Good. Yeah. That's a really great quality. (laughs) One that I'm like, okay, let me just live in your life for one second. I just need to figure out how to do that. It'd be hard for us though, Mm -hmm. right, Haley? Like I think we've got like a bigger circle of people. And so then there's this, at least for me, I mean, there's this fear of like, what does that look like then? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I have seen all these memes that are like, I protected my peace a little too hard and now I'm really fucking lonely. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, I think, a real thing. And that's yeah. not to say that you won't find your people. But yeah, Amanda, do you, do you want to speak to maybe why you've been so choosy and like why you are selective with the friends and company you keep? Oh my gosh. Uh, It's a lot of years to go back. I feel like I didn't have it great growing up in elementary and junior high. I had a few like, again, like a few friends here and there, like one person I'd stay close with. And it would get really hard because as you got older, people changed a lot because elementary, I feel like each year was new. Everybody was like, Oh, Hey, what's up? You know, I don't know you from a hole in the ground, even if you had been there for two or three years. Once I hit junior high, not that I didn't care what people thought, but I was always kind of like labeled the weird kid, but I wasn't like a kid, you know, like nothing against them, but like kids that wear fox ears or things that are a little out there. Like I wasn't quite there, but I also wasn't like in the popular girl group where it was like, everybody loves you. Everyone wants to be around you. I was kind of somewhere like in the middle and I floated around to people. I definitely focused a lot on energies, um, And yeah, who I enjoyed being around. Um, But even with that, like, once I got to grade seven, people started holding on to things. And they were like, No, like, you're this, you're that. And I was automatically labeled. And it felt so young to be labeled. And I was like, wait, what happened to like, just forgetting and like going on as a new year? Like, what's that? And then people that I consistently hung out with or were friends with would rotate or hear one thing. And then separate from me and so I think I had to get used to also people leaving me and like I got comfortable with that so I think once I and I I understand it at the day everybody you know you're young you're gonna do what you're gonna do kind of thing but yeah it kind of goes back to that and just being like okay you can't no one's in your life for forever as much as you want them to be like there are people that I was like want like once really close with for quite a few years that now I'm like I only look at your life through like Instagram or Facebook and stuff and they seem to be doing well and I'm happy for them would that make me want to go out and like have that relationship with them again not necessarily I think you know if the right place right time you you draw together and you're meant to meet like that like sure by all means but otherwise it's kind of like hey you know have a good life have fun you know thanks for being there when you were (laughs) yeah I think this is what I was just going to say a minute ago too, like, as you talk about this, right, like weaving in and out of these different relationships as you grow up and having like your solid friends from X age, I do relate to that. And I think like I 
I think I forget also how small my circle is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so again, like it's not crazy small. So yes, to your point, Aaron, like it would be a little bit harder, I think, for me to just be like, cut, bye, because I, I don't know, a lot of my friends are also like intermingled and they're friends with, you know, like my husband or, you know, whatever the thing is. But ultimately, like, yeah, I do think you're right. Like friendships do come and go. And like in that way, I do get that whole like, you know, people are in your life for a season type thing. I think I, it's that thing that we've talked about here before about like, if it's not on my terms or like I wasn't prepared Mm -hmm. for the friendship or relationship to end, then it just feels worse. And so when you're like, oh, I just had to get used to people leaving me. I'm like, oh, that's a good one. But also like, ow, like that's painful no it oh my gosh it stung like heck especially at that age you're you're navigating emotions and like feeling things that big like it's funny as you get older you don't realize how much you you felt back then until you look back on it right and I had some pretty brutal things happen to me here and there to the point where it was kind of like choosing myself was honestly the safest and healthiest option for me at the end of the day and being selective over who I hung out with because certain people would get close to me um, just to embarrass me or for a dare or things like that. So it was hard to like navigate, okay, are you in my life for good reasons or are you in it just to have fun? You know, do you trust people? Not easily. I would say it's gotten better now that I kind of have my core people. Like I have my best friend from high school and I trust her with my life. I trust my husband with my life and stuff, but I'd say those are kind of the main two people I'm around 99% of the time. (laughs) 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 I'm sitting right here. Except for when I'm visiting home, of course, but (laughs) Aaron's like this is this is not going well family therapy is wrapped now done my two people and you're not I get it I would if you lived with me I'm sure you would be one of my core people for sure you are in the sense of like you're the first person like I'll go to text outside of like Sam or Jesse so fine I'll take Rude. At least you made the podium, babe. Like you're up there. (laughs) I do hear what you're saying, though, about like your core people and stuff like that, because I feel like it's impossible. I mean, how do you have more than like two core people? I don't know. This is what I'm thinking. Like, how do people have six friend, like six people friend groups like that? Because they're not that close. Or they fight. And that's the thing. Or the group is the identity. Like the group is the closeness, but there's no way there's not people. I was just going to say that. That are closer. But that's the thing. There's always like intermingling and like closer dynamics than others. And I mean, that's fine. It is what it is. That's the thing about friend groups, I guess. Like you can't all be the same. You're shaking your head. What do you mean? You can't. I don't like it. But you can't. How do you. Okay, but let's play this out for real. How do you have six people in a friend group and all six of you are just as equally close with each other no 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 I think once you're beyond three that splinters I think beyond two man that's hard yeah yeah what I think about and look at is like a lot of people that I know that do have bigger friend groups are like friends that have been friends for years like especially with men I realize it a lot more than women Mm -hmm. I see it a bit with like high school groups of girls that still have like remained close but a lot through like guys that stay close with people they've known since like elementary, junior high, and there'll be like eight or 10 of them and they all like make it work. But I also think about, for me, I think about the fact, and I'm not saying this is true for everybody, but I think about this in a relationship between two people. Someone once told me, it's not about making your relationship work 
right off the bat or loving the person right off the bat. It's the five years down the road. You guys will grow as separate. Do you grow separately as individuals or do you grow together? And I think about that same thing with friend groups. Like, are you growing together or are you just like coasting around the same line you've always been coasting around? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, fair. And I think, you know what, now that you're saying this, it's all clicking for me. That I think is the hard part for me when it comes to like people aren't in your life forever or only for a season, because I don't know if this is a good quality. I always want my people to be growing with yeah. me, right? Like that is, that is a good thing, but like almost to a fault where then like when that's not happening I'm like oh my god like I'm like stressed because I'm like am I gonna lose you because we're not growing together Mm -hmm. yeah that's so sad to me I hate that (laughs) it is but I also try and think about like okay but like they did add so much into your life for when you guys were good and I just think once that relationship yeah gets that point where you're just feeling depleted after every time you hang out with them like you can't be doing that to yourself that's exhausting especially as you get an adult your schedule gets busier you don't yeah. have the time to like spend on people that like aren't worth that time, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. I want to go back to um, sibling dynamics for one moment. Cause we're talking, we're touching on mental health and all of these mm-hmm. things. And I know Aaron, you've shared your mental health journey a little bit through this platform. And so I want to come back to that, but before we do, I kind of want to just paint the picture a little bit more. I want a little bit more insight between the two of you. So we've mentioned Aaron's older Amanda would like look to Aaron in moments of uncertainty, etc. I would like to know more about your guys's dynamic when you guys were younger. Like, was Aaron always like the cool older sister you wanted to hang around her and her friends? Like, was she like controlling and you were like, get out of here? Like, what was the vibe? It was very much like she was the cool sister. She had all the friends. Like, I was often in schools that she was in not long after her for at least like a year or two. So I would hear about her or even just see her. And she was always like around people and having a good time. And I was definitely like, I try and come hang out with her, whatever. I remember, (laughs) don't kill Aaron, because I love this story. I remember when Aaron was in high school with three of her friends. They were like getting ready or something. And I wanted to go in and hang out with her and just see, because like I loved, I was still at such a young age that I loved the process of watching girls get ready together, right? And so I would go in there without knocking, like the intruder I was. (laughs) And Aaron and her friends, Friends were like wrapping themselves up in tape and garbage bags and like Victoria's Secret bags and I'm like what are you doing and she's like don't you dare tell mom like I'm pretty sure you threatened us and then she was like please don't. I can't remember if you bribed me or just managed to get me not to say anything but you were like don't say anything so I was like okay or you had some dirt on me we got caught anyways you, wait I'm so confused Probably. were you like the pink and like the pink striped paper bags you were wrapping yourself yeah in- we were going to an anything but clothes an ABC party and okay you want a picture here let me the fucking picture <laughs> amanda did shit like this all the time okay i never i never this was the one time i was trying to like sneak out and wasn't even sneaking out we were telling my mom that we were going to a movie and we were going to go to this party this was like my first high school like party right that we had been invited to my other two friends were going to be going they were staying at my house we were going to go together 
And you know what? We didn't even get out the door because we couldn't go and like say bye to my mom and like give her a hug because we were so crinkling. Yeah. And so we're like, okay, bye. And we're being like weird as fuck. And so I don't even think we got 15 minutes up the road. And she was like, you know, like, I really love you and I really care about you. And like, I really value that you can always like be honest with me. And like, we are arriving at this house and I start bawling and I'm like, I can't go. I've got to, well, and then I knew, okay, our parents were next level. So I was like, fuck, we've got to go to the movie theater, get tickets and receipt for this movie. I'm like looking up what the movie's about because I'm like ready to get grilled. Oh my God. And then my friends were like, we're going. And I'm like, I can't. Like I was sick to my stomach with guilt. So they're like, hey, we'll drop you off at home. So they drop me off and I like walk in the door and I like start bawling. And I'm like, you ruined everything. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I was so livid. So this is like the only time, there was one other time that I said I was going to be somewhere that I was not. Yeah, Amanda got away with this stuff all the time. I tried to do it twice. Youngest. And she's like, I'm going to tell was, on you. And I was smart about yeah. it because I would go to friend's yeah. house and then do it. I wouldn't do it out of my own yeah. house. That was a no-go. That's yeah. smart. <laughs> yeah. This is very youngest versus oldest <laughs> though because I am also, I, I'm, I was a guilty little gal too, but... I don't know. I mean, I still, I still went. I would just feel I think too, like important for the dynamic is kind of like on this note of like, yes, I was the oldest and there's obviously like tropes that go with that. But I was very much, um, I don't know, parentified is like too strong of a word, but probably the most accurate. Like I always felt very responsible Mm -hmm. for Amanda and like the things that she got into. And so, I mean, we've had this discussion in the past year because truthfully, we haven't been close until the last Mm -hmm. two years and like more so this past full year. Um, We were probably really close as kids, like little, little kids, like pre, you know, seven years old. I remember us like, we shared a room until I was 13, but I remember us like playing together and like having fun in the backyard. And then it was kind of like when I got into like 10 for me was like a big year and a lot of stuff changed. And that's when I felt like I kind of skyrocketed in terms of like responsibilities and expectations and stuff. And those same expectations weren't mm-hmm. on Amanda. And so now it was kind of like up to me to make sure that like she wasn't getting into trouble and that like, oh, if she didn't have friends at school, like you'll go hang out with her. Right. And like, I mean, maybe I should have, but I didn't um, <laughs> want to do that. <laughs> like she said, she was the weird kid. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Kind of not really. Um, And so then our relationship like really splintered. And then it was really rough when we were teenagers. Like it was, Mm. it was Mm -hmm. pretty brutal. So I wonder how universal that is though. That like sisters be not super close as teenagers. I think it can Mm -hmm. go one of two ways. I think it goes that way or I think they're really close Mm -hmm. and they do everything together. And like that is your best friend and you have each other's backs. But I've thought about this a lot and I really don't think you can have a relationship like that when you feel responsible Mm -hmm. for somebody. Yes, that is true. Okay, so this is actually a question that I wanted to ask because I know the standards that you hold yourself to. And like, are you putting those responsibilities on yourself or were those being put on you? I'm, I'm curious your take. They were being put on you. And I I think I heard less of it. I was a lot more sheltered from things than I think you were. That's for sure. So from what I saw or from what I could tell, I definitely think that was 
put on you, but it was put on you behind my back. Like I didn't know that was going on until way later, hmm. but I could kind of sense. Yeah. It'd be I like, sense it. yeah. Like say, you know, Amanda was bullied or something happened in school and then like, you know, I'm a kid, like I don't know how to handle that or whatever. Right. It was kind of like always expected that like I'd be, bringing forward information and like if I wasn't doing that then it was somehow also my fault and then it kind it felt to me that and there were times when like Amanda would get in trouble I wasn't even at the same (laughs) school anymore and it was like somehow my fault because she was either like looking up to me or you know I knew someone who knew someone who probably knew about this and like why wasn't I doing a better job like keeping her safe or I think eventually too it became I absorbed it I really really well that may have been placed on me from the get-go I think eventually it became um second nature I would say I functioned more as probably another parent rather than a sister. I didn't know what it looked like to be a sibling. Um, Okay. This storyline is a storyline that I know well, Erin, like feeling responsible for your siblings and these kinds of things. And mine was different in that I was physically caring for my siblings. Like I had to be there, like my mom weren't, these kinds of things. And yours, it sounds like was more from like a emotional kind of social well-being standpoint. So my question, I would like both of you to answer, um, but I think, Amanda, I'd like to start with you. Why do you think that you were being so sheltered and why do you think that, like, it was Aaron's responsibility to take care of you in those ways? I think because as soon as I was started to get bullied, which was very young, like all the way in grade one to three was kind of the beginning of it, um, I think as soon as that happened, there was that innate, like my parents' response was, okay, protection. Like, how can we, how can we get that in? How can we figure that out? Because they couldn't always be there. I was also a very quiet kid. So I'd keep a lot to myself because there was nothing worse that when something happened and your parents came in to deal with it at school and that was like what they, they would do. And so I started to keep a lot more, hide a lot more. So I think they looked at Aaron for sure to like either give them, let them know what was going on or make sure that she could like kind of figure out how to make it right kind of thing. So that would be my response. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would. Um, as I mentioned, you know, Amanda uh, was diagnosed quite young with like developmental Mm -hmm. learning difficulties and stuff. And so, gosh, like what age did you start like Kumon and Sylvan and was that Uh, grade one? Yeah, three, probably three three from what I remember, three, four. So like she'd have school after school and then she'd have like all this homework and then like all this other stuff was going on. I think part of it too was just like Amanda had a lot happening, um, to try to like keep yeah. up in a sense. And I think maybe the thought of like, yeah, adding another, not adding another thing, but at the risk of sounding insensitive, I think it felt to me like we all had to do whatever it took to like make mm-hmm. sure Amanda was good. Mm-hmm. And so that was the role that I played in it. Yeah. I know I agree. Hmm. I'm taking this and I'm processing it because again, that storyline is incredibly familiar for me. One of my siblings also has developmental learning um, and also like a lot of emotional um, 
not a lot of awareness, these kinds of things. And so a lot of the time we were catering to like that side. And so very similarly to what you were just saying, Erin, about like feeling like you're always kind of in that space. I do get that. And so I think I'm just trying to like process that and not infuse my experience into, you know, my questions that I have coming up. Um, I guess I want to go back to you, Amanda, then just from your reaction and and you nodding your head to what Aaron was saying, like, it seems like that's not new information to you. If you knew that that's how like Aaron and like your family was operating in, like just trying to, you know, cater to you in those ways, how does that impact how you move in the world and how you see yourself? Yeah. So, okay. That's fair. So yeah, I kind of felt like I was a bit on a bubble. The other aspect too, I think that goes into it is I was very emotional. I was a very sensitive and like outwardly sensitive person. So whether I was happy, mad, sad, like you knew right away, like I was not one to hide it. I would cry anywhere, be happy mm-hmm. anywhere, be sad anywhere. So I think too, Erin is a sensitive person, but she's more, I'd say sensitive behind closed doors, like up front, most of the time you wouldn't know she's breaking or she's got something going on. Like she's stone face, poker face on when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I think that was part of it too, was I was so like reactive and Aaron wasn't as reactive outwardly. I was so emotional and maybe that in a way was definitely more babied and more like, Oh, like, you know, come on, like, let's wrap that up. And, and I like, obviously I appreciate that experience. I think everybody should kind of have that experience when they're going through stuff, but obviously I do think it took a bit away from Aaron and, and getting that same affection. I know our affection from our parents was very different. I'm hearing a lot of differences between you guys growing up and like your experiences and these kinds of things, what similarities do you feel that you guys share, whether that be in personality or in life? Where do you guys find that you're similar? I think we both have a want for creativeness, maybe differently, but like, yeah, for sure. We're both creative Mm. hearts in our own way. Mm. We're both very, I'd say kind hearted people. We're both have soft hearts. We just present them differently. For sure. That would be my two that I think. Yeah, I'd say I can see more similarities now. And I think this was the big challenge. Like when we were kids, I think, like I've kind of said, even though the age gap is just shorter, like we were never really in the same life stage, same life cycle, same mentality at the same time. And so I think those... Like Amanda was very sporty, whereas for I, you know, I started working at 13, like there was just different priorities. Um, I think now we're both very introspective. We're both very committed to like growth. Mm-hmm. Um, Amanda's definitely a lot more content than I am. And so now I'm turning to her for wisdom and insight. Uh, we both have our fair share of mental health issues. <laughs> and so that's a, a similarity for yeah. sure. And we both really appreciate nature, uh, which is interesting because we didn't really grow up like, mm-hmm. you know, spending as much time outdoors as both of us do independently. Yeah. And I think like, yeah, we both care deeply about the people in our lives. Mm-hmm. Do you think that those are the things that brought you guys closer together now because you mentioned that it's only really been in the very recent past that you guys have gotten close and that you spent the majority of your life feeling quite separated from each other for these varying you know reasons of like the seemingly larger age gap and feeling like you had to parent your sister and these kinds of things 
How do we go from that separation to the closeness that we're experiencing now? Okay, so my perspective is when it really, we were getting a lot closer before my wedding, but my wedding really started to feel like a shift almost. My wedding was very small, very abrupt. I kind of dropped it on everybody and was like, this is when it's happening. And I remember there was a bit of, not maybe upsetness, but just like a bit of disruption because people are like, okay, how is this happening? My family's my family is a huge planner when it comes to things like they need a year in advance when it comes to making plans. Like, so it was just very much thrown on people. And I remember Erin was navigating it in a way she could. So she was able to come out by herself. I feel like after that was like a big, I saw a bigger shift in Erin for sure. And I don't know if that's when she started doing her own work or she had been doing her own work before, but I feel like around my wedding was kind of when I saw that bigger shift in in our relationship or started to see it a lot more yeah and I'd say for me it kind of backed up uh so Amanda got married in August this exact time last year so April May um I was at the lowest mental health place I'd ever been in um it was the first time in my life that I was wrestling with um, like suicidal ideation. And I was really, really struggling. And there was some things that Amanda had been through that I knew I didn't actually know a lot about her experience with those things, but I knew and was grateful that she was still here. And so I started reaching out being like, how did you do this? And I felt a lot of guilt in that I didn't show up for her in the same way she was able to show up for me last year. You know, when when she had experienced some of these things like a lot earlier in life, I could never relate. Like I didn't know what that was like. And so, I mean, you really showed up for me in just checking in, being a friend. There was no judgment. There was no like, you know, here's what you need to do and da da da. And I think for me, that was a big shift in a sense that you were kind of taking care of me for the first time. I mean, and then also I was going through this massive transformation afterwards of like, who am I? What do I value? And in this, I kind of shed this, started to shed this people pleaser mentality and especially around Amanda's wedding, like a lot of stuff came up and I was able to just like pull back and go like, you know, this is my baby sister and this is her wedding, like whatever she wants. Like, yes, I want to make that happen. But at the same time, I wasn't in a place to like move heaven and earth to accommodate that. And so I was just really trying to show up for you in, you know, what's going to make this the best thing ever. Shortly after Amanda's wedding, I had had an experience where it really occurred to me. Um, I'd felt that I had felt alone most of my childhood. And it was very apparent to me that Amanda was always there and Amanda always was trying to connect or trying to hang out. And I was always just kind of like pushing her away. And I had this really heartbreaking realization that all she had ever wanted was a friend. And I was never that for her. Like I couldn't be a sister friend because I was always responsible And so I called you and I I said that to you and I apologized for our dynamic. And I feel like, you know, from then on, things have been really good. It's like we're it's like we're learning about each other. And 
but also from the perspective of like we don't need the whole backstory mm-hmm. we're just kind of like filling in the gaps yeah hmm. that's really beautiful to be able to reconcile that whole dynamic and like the miss kind of missed opportunity there and to be able to like build that now yeah. is yeah. crazy Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, no big deal. Like, okay, I love you. I'm so happy that you're here. Like, there was no, like, you know, screw you for making me feel this way for right. years. Like, none at all. It was just like, cool. So, so, Amanda, did you know, like, when she came to you and she said these things, were you like, 100% I always felt that way? Or was it not as as big of a deal as she had kind of had the realization of? I think for me, it wasn't as big like I definitely appreciated her reaching out but it definitely wasn't as big of a deal to me like there were there obviously was some like feelings that I hadn't you know dealt with or whatever when she was bringing that up that I was like oh yeah like I did feel but like truly from the bottom of my heart I'm just like no like it's dope that you've come to this realization or like you figure this out I'm glad we can carry on like I'm just like that as a person though I do believe that like people can grow and change and like if you meet me with hey like I want to try this relationship. Like I'm all for, okay, I'm, I'm going to see this out and see how, how it is. And um, I'm a hundred percent for like, let's retry this or like, let's go at it and, and see how that works out. Because I do also have that a backlog of, if I need to, like, I can, I know how to get out of these situations mm. if I have to, maybe not so much with Aaron, but yeah, like, just to have really in a general sense, have like that, like, when things are happening, we kind of know when to step away if we need to or dive in more if we need to. You know, I try not to judge anybody's situation or things. I envy how much um, freedom that allows you in your life <laughs> that you're like, yes, absolutely. I would love to give you a second chance because if it doesn't work out, I know how to extract myself. That's so right? amazing. I'm so incredibly happy for you. And I'm so jealous. <laughs> and I want, again, I just want to live a day in your life so that I can figure out how to do that. <laughs> This is where I'm just tapping into it and I'm yeah. just calling her like, okay, how, I literally channel, what would Amanda do? <laughs> and, and sometimes I can't figure it out and so I call her and like that's been, I mean, really new for yeah. us, but really that. awesome for me. Yeah, that's so awesome. Amanda, if, if we could, I would love to talk more about mental health from your perspective. Erin had just mentioned some some really um, vulnerable things um, mm-hmm. from her past year and had kind of touched on that you had had some similar experiences. Um, if you feel comfortable, mm-hmm. would you want to share like when did your mental health kind of ebb and flow journey start? When did you start seeing that shift? How young were you? Oof, I... I remember grade three pretty vividly. That's when it started to get really bad because that's kind of when bullying started. It was a little bit different. My mom loved watching things like America's Next Top Model and things like that. So they always had the the big change day where they got their hair and makeup done. And most of the time, these girls would always get their hair cut really short and they looked so good. And I was like, that's what I want to do. So I was rocking a pixie cut with my camouflage oversized cargo pants and my Paul Frank shirt or whatever. So definitely had like more of a tomboy style, but then like these haircuts that were, were at the time, maybe more for mature women. So that already, like how I presented myself already, like kind of gave the world a bit of a, okay, we can, we can kind of go at you if we need to or whatever. So I constantly, like people would be like, Oh, are you a boy or a girl? Like things like that. And at that time, like, 
gender conversations weren't a big thing. Not that I ever felt that way. I just like dressing like a boy. Like I, I still say I carry some of that style. But that kind of started it also just being a bit of like, I don't, I can't remember if that young, like I was more kept to myself or maybe I was more open. I wouldn't be surprised if I was more open, but I could tell like there were things that I was way more open about than other kids. Like we grew up, our mom was very like open with her body. And like we, if we were changing, like there was an openness with that too. There was no knocks on the door. It was come right in kind of thing. So I feel like when it came to bodies, I became very comfortable. I never really sexualized a body, but I was, I would say, a more sexually open kid um, and didn't really understand that at that age by any means. But even like as young as kindergarten, I had like these little Pokemon underwear and I thought they were so cool. And there was this guy that I knew that was like a friend of mine that liked, liked Pokemon. So I was like, here, let me show you. Like, I didn't think anything of it. Like my teacher was, oh boy, like, no, put that away. <laughs> but I was just open. So I think that kind of continued on through growing up and stuff. And, and yeah, definitely at the time just wasn't a thing that people were open about like bodies and, and everything that comes with them. So I think that started it. We were both like really boy crazy, Mm -hmm. but Amanda physically developed at a really young Mm -hmm. age and presented physically a lot older than she was and so I think there was a lot of things but the I mean you were bullied for everything yeah it it was anything from like death threats where I had two boys in grade six tell me they were playing with a yardstick I was working on a project and they were playing with this yardstick and they're like we're gonna knock you out cut your body up burn it in the recycling but like very vivid things um and that was like the most intense um experience I had with that but I, I had it more than once where boys were like oh we're, well, I'm gonna kill you like or things like that or I had trash like magnetized to my locker um I had penises drawn all over my books broken into like it was just outwardly wild things well and then when cyber stuff started yeah. like text messages Facebook and- so are these things happening are these boys doing these things because they're sexualizing you like you're not sexualizing anybody but are you being sexualized like is this where where this is coming from? I think I sexualized myself like I was very open with my body I was very much like didn't care if I was touched didn't care if I was seen like and and that just wasn't common back like everybody was more not conservative necessarily with how they dress but just their bodies like even if people were having sex you weren't talking about it like once you get into like junior high high school right like maybe a little bit more in high school, but junior high people definitely weren't talking about it. And things like that happened quite young for me. But this goes back into mental health. And me and Erin actually just had a discussion on this when I was out in BC and maybe connecting a bit more of this where I did feel the need to like give pieces of myself, whether it be clothing, my body, like anything in order for people to like me. So I thought that if I gave you something, you were going to have to like me. So I would try and do and act that way. So it was like, oh, if you have this piece of me, then then I have that companionship within you, right? Which wasn't wasn't the case. 
And so how does that impact you when that's not the case? I think negatively, but I also went into the mentality of like, especially when it came to guys, I was like, well, if guys are going to be outwardly sexual, why can't I, you know, like I was like, I started to get that response of like, I'm just going to be a dude about this. The problem with that is men don't have the same mentality as women emotionally. So I would connect myself emotionally and physically with these people. And then it'd be like, okay, I got what I wanted. Like I'm out. Like, and I wouldn't on your part, their their part, part. I wouldn't be shocked necessarily. Like I'd be sad, but not necessarily shocked, but it was something that I just kept doing and kept doing for the longest time. Like it took a lot of healing. When you're repeating this cycle, are you repeating it knowing that it's hurting you and you're like, whatever, I just, this is just what I have to do. Like, is that the impact of your initial like whole Yeah, I'd say in my mind, I cared. I was like, at least if I'm loved, I can be loved for a little bit, even if it's not for a long time. Like it was definitely a very like sad kind of situation of I'd rather have someone for a short amount of time than not have someone at all. But this realization of you giving yourself away when you were out, at least it seemed like that was like a new realization that that was maybe what was happening. I think what Haley's asking was like, were you cognizantly aware? No, no, I'm not at that that age. Definitely not. And I, yeah, again, like Aaron said, it's something that I've just connected um, with Aaron recently a bit more, like I kind of had an idea of it as an adult and the older I get, but it wasn't something that I was like, Oh, I do this because of this, you know? Right. How old are you when this is happening? Is this junior high? Yeah. Um, so I lost my virginity at 14, which is pretty young. Um, but I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. Like there was a girl in my soccer team that was a little bit more outwardly like that. And I, so for me, it was just like friendships that I was building too, where I was like, oh, this is kind of like normal. But then what wasn't normal is that people started to talk. Like we lived in a big, small city. So people found out pretty quick. There wasn't much anonymity around what you did on your own time kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so all of these, all of this talk about you, these are the things that are leading you to just be like broken down over the years and kind of leading to your decline in your mental health. Yeah, I'd say a large part, like, yeah, I just stopped kind of like trying. I eventually met my friend in high school, not stopped trying. I definitely went through my own mental health issues at younger age and went through like suicidal issues when it came to probably around, I want to say anywhere grade seven to nine, I was getting into self-harming that was kind of like my release when I needed it that was like so also I guess you could go into me giving away my body as frequently as I was was also another form of I'd say self-harm and self-deprecation right like I mean first of all like thank you for your vulnerability this is like incredibly um open of you to be sharing these things and I know that people listening for sure will will relate to your story on some level What steps did you take consciously or when did you start taking conscious steps towards kind of coming out of that? How did you make your way into um, like a better spot? What support did you have? I was lucky. I had the support of my family. So this is, I know me and Aaron differ a bit here. By the time I was dealing with my suicidal tendencies, um, my dad had been working with a coworker who was going through some experiences with his own kids and he kind of got more information from 
someone that he he valued their opinion and what they had to share about it. So then he started talking with me and being like, okay, this is actually something we need to like see someone for. I ended up going to therapy. And at the time, because I was so young and living at home, like my parents ended getting me into a very great therapist that wanted to focus more on vitamin control first. Before we went into medication, we had a few sessions where, and I don't know why Aaron wasn't necessarily ever in these. I think they really wanted to focus on me and my parents' relationship. Um, but they came in a few times, not a ton, but a couple times to have sessions with me. That really helped. But it's honestly such like an ongoing battle. I'd say in the last three, four years, it's been a lot easier, but it, it literally hasn't stopped since, since I was like 13, 14, where it'll be like, yeah, I'll have like a really good year or whatever. And then things happen or whatever, where it starts to spiral. Like me and my partner, Jesse, when we first started seeing each other, I ended up having to get an abortion at three months with that. Like my parents were there. Aaron was there. Like everybody kind of knew about it. Um, the people in his life knew about it. And that was another big one that even still to this day, like I need to, I'm get, trying to get back into therapy to like figure that out. It's not as bad as like I go into suicidal tendencies now or self-harm. I'm a bit better at being like, okay, I know where my headspace is at. I know when I kind of need to start talking to the people I need to start talking to and get the help I need. So I'm a bit better at just responding to, okay, we're starting to go down that, that deep end. Like, let's try and take a few steps to get back up. Erin, mm-hmm. you had mentioned, you know, feeling guilty, essentially, for not being able to be there for Amanda when, you know, she was experiencing these things. You knew that she was experiencing those things at that time. Is that right? Yes and no. Um, The earliest I remember, I remember being told I couldn't keep my shaving razor in the shower anymore. And I knew something was up with that, but I wasn't really told what. I knew when she started seeing a therapist and I was pretty pissed because I'd had my own issues and that wasn't an option. And so, um, but I wasn't really roped into what was happening at that age Amanda and I did not have really a relationship at all so it wasn't like we were sharing that with each other Um, I knew she wasn't doing well I knew when you were having um, when the discussion around suicide was coming up but truthfully I did not I did not handle it well as well as I mean a 16 year old I think I was 16 at the time, as well as I could have. Um, what does that and mean? I couldn't, um, that sounds like a lot of pressure on yourself. No, I mean, I was pretty, I don't know. I don't, I don't honestly recall, Amanda, like if I was nasty to you about it. But I remember feeling like, oh, man, oh, this feels icky. Um, okay, the blunt of it is. This had happened after Amanda, like she had said, had lost her virginity. There was some stuff coming to light around other decisions that she had made. I felt that she had made her bed. There were some consequences happening. People were talking and this was like a way out of it. And I felt really annoyed. Um, And I I think I didn't take it seriously. I didn't take the mental health aspect of it 
seriously. I didn't take it for what it was. I, yeah, was obviously coming from my own place of, of hurt and of issues and stuff of seeing it maybe as more of like an attention thing. And I absolutely do not think it was that now, but at the time that's where I was at. Which if you think about in a way, any form of self-harm kind of like it, it might not be outwardly, but I think it's someone wanting attention without maybe saying that anyway. So I don't. And I think for me, it felt like you got all of yeah. the attention. And so I was like, what more at the same time with all this being said to paint the picture, like at this point, I'm 16. I'm going to a self-directed high school. I'm working almost full time while in school. I had a boyfriend. I had friends. I really wasn't around a lot. Um, and so that's why I think like I wasn't privy to a lot of information I just kind of caught glimpses and the glimpses that I did get, I was, I was bothered by, unfortunately. Did that have a lasting effect on your guys' relationship? Did that shape the way that you viewed Amanda? Like, how does that play into your guys' future together? I think I, I, with all this being said, I think I realized pretty quickly that this was a real Mm. thing. And then I think I went into more of that like protector mode again of like, you know, as we're growing up, maybe something happens like I have an issue with like, I'm not bringing it up because I don't want to, you know, add one more thing to her. Like I'm, again, kind of facilitating that bubble. Um, And it really wasn't until I moved out a couple years later. um, And we really didn't have a relationship. I mean, Amanda moved three hours away. I was newly married. We were in totally different life stages. I think now, I mean, you say like, oh, this seems like a lot of pressure in a lot of sense. Like, I feel like my guilt is, is justified in a sense. And like, yeah, I just, I, I honestly was not a good sister. I wasn't. I don't think I'd agree with that. I mean, I see where you're coming from, but I still remember like lots of times where I would step into Aaron's room and we'd have chats on the floor or whatever, or like even growing up at a younger age, like something as simple as we'd go to the dentist's office together and get like those little sticky hands and we'd be jumping from each other's bed, sticking to them to the roof. So as much as there was like definitely turmoil that I don't necessarily think is like a fault to your own, I still like have a ton of good memories with Aaron as like a kid and like... You know, to me, like, I think growing up to me, like anything we didn't get along on or any, any time we weren't close, that was just like, oh, that's just siblings. Then, you know, you go through those periods of time where you're a bit more attached, a bit more separated. We're definitely like all the time attached now, but I also didn't know anything differently and like didn't have a ton of friends with like sisters either. So I wasn't, I wasn't really comparing it to anything either. Like to me, that was just my relationship with my sister. And I think that's the piece for me now. Like I have people that have the same age gap as us and like, you know, they like grew up like willingly sharing (laughs) clothes and like going to parties together and having the same friends. And I feel like we missed out on a lot of that. And like we often say now because we live so far apart of like, oh, I wish we had the relationship we have now when we've lived in the same city. Yeah. Amanda, how do you remember that time period where you were really struggling and Erin's you know expressing that she feels she wasn't 
A good sister, I know you said that you have a lot of great memories with her, but that specific time period, did you feel like she wasn't there for you? What was your perspective on all that? When I was like really young, I'd have to maybe agree with her where it she was a little bit more distant and unevolved. Like um, I can like recall a car ride with her and, and I don't hold, hold this to you and or at all, but I remember a car ride where I can't remember what I said. I think this was right after she had actually found out I lost my virginity or something. My parents didn't know yet. Whatever. She's really upset because she's like holding this in. And I was like, I still love you. I still want to be close with you. And she was like, I don't like, I don't like you. I inf- like, I hate you. Like, I want nothing to do with you. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, and I don't think our relationship was, was very close from that point on up until these last few years. But the difference in like, when I have gone to her more recently with anything big and things that come up, she's, she handles it completely differently. It's like, Oh, you know, just like trying to be there as much as she can. So in that sense, I I do agree with her where, yeah, maybe like, as I was in the thick of it going through, we were a little bit more separated. Mm-hmm. Definitely change. I honestly, I, I feel bad, like with my line of questioning a little bit, but I, I genuinely like, okay. I do feel like, um, that sounds so douchey. It's not a super unique experience in that, like the sibling kind of like dynamic and like, no matter how exaggerated or what, like there is always some kind of breakdown. I feel like between mm-hmm. siblings at some point, like the, like, I don't like you, this, that, and the other thing. Um, again, in that, in that period of your life, Amanda, hearing that from your sister, is that like oh, another one, like, of course this is happening to me? Or how are you internalizing that moment? Because you're saying you weren't close after that, naturally, valid response, totally understandable. What's your mental process on that? I was just kind of like, like, at the time, I was definitely very upset and distraught about it. But also, like, you're young, you're kind of like, okay, like, well, I'll just go on with my life and like keep coasting kind of thing. Like, I didn't know how to respond. Because at the same time, I'm like wanting to respect her as much as I can when you live with someone full time. Right. I guess I'm trying to understand because you have this amazing outlook, right? That we've mentioned a few times of like, okay, fuck you bye onward. Like I need to choose me. Right. And I totally hear what you're saying about like respecting the person that you live with. And I'm sure that there is some kind of like, okay, this is my older sister. Like I'm Mm -hmm. sure that's subconsciously in your system. I guess I'm, I'm asking these questions because I'm trying to put the pieces together of like when anybody, no matter whether it's your sister or a cousin or fucking loser on the playground, whoever it is, like, are you taking that and internalizing that and like having that etched into your being? Or are you taking that and being like, fuck you onward? No, I think I would take it with me. I take, I take like, even as an adult, I still take things personally in a lot of ways. Um, but I felt like I more so dealt with it in my own. And that's where the self-harm came into play is like, okay, like I can't take this out on anybody but myself. Like I'm, if I'm my worst to myself, then nobody else, like their worst can't hurt me if I'm the worst me to me. Mm. And so in this time of your life, were you saying to people, like, I can't have you in my life? Like, were you protecting your energy at that time? Or was that like a a result of this kind of storyline playing out in your earlier life? I'd say it's more of a result of that playing out. Like, it definitely wasn't initially, if anything, I was trying to keep people trying to do anything I could to make people stay by my side. One of 
the girls that I'd say wasn't I won't I won't say issue but we had like our own conflict growing up there were even a few times within my life where I tried to reach out to her I was like I want to be friends I want to make amends and I don't know if that was by proxy because she was also friends with everybody else so I knew that if I became friends with her I would get in with everybody else. or if that was just genuinity of like we both kind of had things where we saw each other in our own way. I don't know what it was, but at the end of the day, I was still trying to navigate, okay, how can I have those relationships? But time and time again, they wouldn't work or Mm. nothing ever changed. So that by proxy, I think as an adult, and especially when I moved out, started to be like, okay, yeah, like I'm, this is my space. This is who I am. Like we need Mm. to keep that safe. And so that was self-realization or did that come through therapy? Like how do you make that jump from I'm going to be the worst me to me to I'm going to protect my energy and I'm going to choose me? Um, I'd say partly therapy, partly self-realization with time. And just even like when I moved back and, and reconnecting with some people from my past or whatever, the more I hung out with them, the more they'd be like, you've changed so much. Like this isn't how I remember mm-hmm. you at all. And yeah, and then through that accelerated with therapy, I remember very specifically three years ago when I went through therapy, um, my therapist was like, okay, like, you know, would you say this to a friend? Would you, would you tell a friend the things you're telling yourself? And it's such a simple thing, but I was like, no. And they're like, so why, why are you saying that to yourself? Like if your friend or you, like, you wouldn't say that to someone, they wouldn't say that to you. Why are you saying that to yourself? And I was like, I'm not really sure. And that, that eventually started me being a complete dork in front of my mirror every morning and being like, Hey, you're awesome. You're fantastic. You're great. You're amazing the way you are. Also just realizing that my sensitivity, that was one thing that like got attacked continuously. I was always the girl that was crying. Like everybody knew me as, Oh, Amanda, she's crying again. She's crying. Whether it's happy, sad, anything, I was crying. And with that, I think a lot of people got desensitized to when I, when I cry or when I get upset because they're like, Oh, it's just something you're always doing instead. So it was definitely something that I also just had to navigate alone a bit because it's like, what do you do whenever, you know, everybody's seeing this version or feeling this way. And that's fair. Like you see, if you're with someone and they're 24 seven, almost crying all the time, you're gonna be like, okay, like, I get it, feel for you. But like, I won't let you be. So and it's hard, because when you're someone going through that, you're still feeling those emotions 110%. You're still feeling like, yeah, there's a reason I'm crying, like, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and then you're, you're left alone to navigate that. So I think it was it was a bit of everything It was part of my therapy and him saying that and also just me being like, hey, like, you've got to be your own security, your own protection at the end of the day. And also like your own hype man, like you got to be it all for yourself. Mm. Yeah, I'm with that. (laughs) That I agree with 100%. (laughs) You guys have both kind of shared that like now you're calling each other in kind of like these moments and these kinds of things. How much of a shift has it been for you guys individually to be able to have someone that understands and that gets what you're experiencing in your close like personal life like that oh my gosh 180 I feel like we go to each other for like anything and everything now um no matter what I'm feeling or going through like Aaron's like the first personal message at this point Mm -hmm. for everything See, I'm not. No. <laughs> no, no, she's definitely. You heard it here first. Yeah. I think it's so incredible, too, because like I said, like we don't need the backstory, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, okay, I'm just going to put this out there. We were supposed to do this podcast <laughs> a week ago. We were supposed to record it. 
And we had a situation come up. Amanda was out here. We were spending the week together, uh, which is the longest mm-hmm. we've spent together. We went to Cuba together for a sister trip when Amanda turned 18 and this exact situation happened. We weren't even in Cuba for 24 hours and Amanda was calling our parents trying to book a ticket home because she (laughs) wanted to leave. And so we had a situation come up. And so I think how we navigated this situation last week, like I very much like, you know, went for a walk and like took my time and processed what had happened. And then you came to me and we were able to have a mature civil conversation, but it triggered something in both of us, like from, you know, our childhood selves. Mm -hmm. And, but then we're able to have these conversations now of like, you know, we're not projecting onto each other, but I can ask Amanda the question of like, oh, are you doing this with me because, you know, you think you owe me something mm-hmm. or are you like we're able to see these things in each other that are maybe like a pattern that we're not even able to see mm-hmm. in ourselves just because we have so much backstory mm-hmm. and we share the same lineage. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. our situations aren't always the most unique. Damn, what a double-edged sword though, because as you were talking, I just had like the biggest mindfuck of my life, which is you can individually, right? Like I have done so much work. I have like done a lot of therapy. I've grown a lot. I've tried to like uh, correct some patterns that have not really been serving me. And I'm realizing like, okay, yes, the positive side of this double-edged sword is that there, you don't need the backstory. You know, this is how this person operates. You can kind of like you know, play it out, see where it's going to land kind of thing. The negative side to that is like these people, right? Like your, you know, nuclear family, those are the people that like have obviously been around the most. And so like, it's so quick and easy to fall back into old patterns Mm -hmm. with these people because they were there through all of that stuff where like, I think for most people, the evolution, the self-growth, like the correcting the narratives, like the patterns, that's happening more so a lot of the time when you're like adult life, when you're not living in the same house as these people, totally. that then when you get back with them, you're right back in those old patterns. Mm-hmm. That's so totally. hard. How, like, I'm just realizing this right now. I think it's Ram Dass who says, like, you think you're so enlightened, go and spend a week with your family. A hundred percent. That makes a lot of sense. And it does. And I mean, I think what's so beautiful is that we both have done a lot of individual work. And so we have different tools. I mean, anybody who's done the work, though, knows that doing the work doesn't stop you from having these moments that come up. Like we're not looking at perfection, like we're just seeking progress. Right. Mm -hmm. And so also being able to understand that you know, when we did come together and we had this discussion, like, fuck, Amanda was apologizing for like three days afterwards. And I'm like, stop, like actually stop because we've moved on. You don't have to do that anymore. Like let's move forward. Right. But I think too, even with doing the work, you still have blind spots and you know, like Jesse will maybe call those out of me and stuff, but I call Amanda a lot now to be like, am I the asshole? Mm -hmm. Like, where is me being triggered? Where is like my younger self coming up? Or where am I like fully justified in being like, (laughs) good day? Yeah. I'm so, I don't know, I guess, honored that I got to host the first family therapy. Like, I'm so impressed by how um, 
I've been watching you guys, right? Like listen to what the other person is saying and not all of it has been the most uh, positive or like the easiest stuff to hear. And just the way that you guys are like accepting what the other person is saying, no like defensiveness and these kinds of things is honestly like really, really, really beautiful. And like, I'm so happy for you guys that like, you know, hearing where you guys came from to where you are. I'm really, really happy that you guys have been able to make that journey. And I'm sure it wasn't easy. First of all, I have one final question. I really want to end this on like a really positive Mm -hmm. note because I feel very positive right now about this little dynamic. But before I ask that question, um, Amanda, you, I just, I'm amazed. Like you are, I already knew you were cool. I was already like so excited to meet you and everything, but you're so like um, grounded and you're very true to yourself, Mm -hmm. which I've been hearing forever from Aaron that that's, that's your whole vibe. That's your whole thing. But like seeing it in action is very amazing. I am so impressed by you. I'm, I can't say it enough. Oh, thanks. Um, I want people to be able to follow you, like see you in action. Where can people find you? Um, oh gosh, I have a couple different Instagrams. <laughs> I have my hair Instagram, which is Amanda's main angels. And then my personal is Amanda Chong. With four nines, I believe it is right after. So those would probably be the two places, I'd say. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll put them in the show notes because people, first of all, like you just look so cool. Like your hair, like you're the best. People need to go follow you, seriously. Um, But I want to end this on a really positive note. So as we know, lots of differences between you guys, a few similarities. I would like each of you to please tell me what is something that you admire about the other sister or that you wish you could like adopt more from the other one. Let's start with Erin. Yeah, it's pretty easy. (laughs) Um, I would absolutely have to say just Amanda's outlook on life, how present and content she is in every moment that she's in. Like there's no... I have to do this or I have to do this. She's like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm going to sleep today. I'm, you know, snacky. I'm going to go eat something. Like there is no, um, I'd say she's very embodied. And I would also say, yeah, you are very wise in the sense of you've been through stuff that you never should have gone through. And I think how you've still come out of it so warm and so positive and so willing to keep embracing life is something that really kept me going when I was struggling. Aw, thanks. How do I follow up with that? That is so sweet. <laughs> You're like, she's got sick hair. Because <laughs> I did it. No. Yeah, exactly. No, I'd say... Aaron's adaptability, like your, your ability to navigate change or just be like, you know what, this specifically with things you're pursuing, you're like, I don't want to do one thing. I want to do 10 things and I want to be the absolute best at them. But she'll like, she won't even have a start on like five through 10, but she'll figure out how to get going on them and like get it done. Like Aaron is so good at just navigating newness, no matter what that newness looks like, Mm -hmm. like the girls moved enough times to tell you that but um I'd say that and then her extrovertedness like I I wish I had Aaron could like pick up a conversation in the line of Starbucks with like anybody and I'm I'm definitely not like that so I wish I was a bit more energetically like that and just able to be like like here I am she's definitely more like that when it comes to being out and about 
I love it. I mm. love this. You guys are so cute. I'm so happy we got to do this. Me too. How do you guys feel? So good. good. Yeah, I feel good. I learned, I learned a lot and it's neat. It's neat to hear, you know, different perspectives about shared experiences. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure this won't be the last time, but it's, yeah, I mean, obviously we talk, but this has covered things that we haven't talked about before. So it's yeah. good. Cute. Oh, I'm yeah. so happy we did this. Me too. Me too. Me too. Well, I love you, Noodle. Mwah. Love you guys. <laughs> Haley, I just met you, but I already love you. <laughs> oh, hello. Yeah, big love all day. This yeah. is not, yeah, she's like, this will not be the last. I'm like, this will not be the last. <laughs> no. <laughs> we're all, we're all rallying at some point. I'm the third sister. <laughs> yeah, <Yay>! you are. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I'm like, because you're smack dab in the middle of us mm-hmm. age wise, but then also I feel like personality wise too. I'm like, Haley's like our middle. Yeah. <laughs> and then Amanda, oh my God. I have to share this with you because so she's excited. got red hair right now and we were talking about going to stampede and stuff together and Amanda's like we can be the powerpuff <laughs> girls <laughs> and I was like I am not being fucking buttercup again I don't want to be buttercup oh my god I don't want to talk about the stampede I really 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 don't I cry in the club about it I want to go no next year we'll plan it we'll pre-plan it guys yeah. we're making this happen okay well thank you ladies for your vulnerability i'm so happy we got to do this i already can't wait to do it again me too love you babe we'll chat soon hello how are you feeling after that Hi. i'm good i feel like i was on like um a mix of like Dr. Phil meets Ellen meets like Jerry. I I really enjoy these conversations and like moments. And this is the thing, right? Like there was a stark change in her when she moved to Calgary and like was living on her own and is kind of embraced. I like her so much more <laughs> now that she's not doing shit for other people. And like, I think that was honestly like a big part of it. And then it flipped, like it started where it was like, maybe she just kind of started doing that. And then like she surpassed me in her growth Mm. in not living to appease others that like, yeah, she's well beyond where I am. Mm. And so I just love these conversations where I just get to like sit back and learn from her. And yeah, it's hard though. It's hard to like look back at certain things that happened in your life where I don't know how much blame I put on like little me who like how do you process that how do you handle that Mm -hmm. um I can't change it right but I can I can acknowledge it and I can recognize it and you know I was thinking too because like I said like I I know that storyline so well of like being the caretaker for your younger sibling and I have come to realize that like a lot of the guilt that I experience from like not being a good sister or this or that, it's really similar to mom guilt in that like they, I always refer to my siblings as the kids, like the kids are not going to remember that I wasn't a good sister in this way or that I should have done, you know, like these smaller things. And I know, I know that your story is different because there are some bigger things like you guys had shared. Um, But 
they don't remember everything. And even when Amanda was like, it really wasn't as big of a deal to me. And like, she appreciated you coming forward and those kinds of things. And hearing the perspective difference between the two of you in that moment, I was like, oh yeah, this is, I, I have this too. And I've had this with my siblings where they're like, I don't even remember this thing that you're talking about. And I'm like, oh my God, it killed me for, you know, six months, like whatever. And it's like, we just, we beat ourselves up so much more because we're like the quote caretaker. You know what I mean? Totally. And I wonder too, because I know how I felt internally. And I also know that a lot of that I did not Mm. express because I knew it was ugly Mm. and coming from a really awful place. And so I wonder how much of it is also me knowing deep down, like those thoughts and things that I was experiencing maybe towards her that like never was vocalized. I remember that car ride she was talking (laughs) about very distinctly too. So I hadn't thought about that, but I remember I'm pretty sure somebody I'd had like ask FM, right. Mm. With these anonymous questions and somebody had submitted a bunch of stuff about Amanda, a bunch of stuff that she was doing And I went to her and I was like, I was ready to like throw down. I'm like, who's talking shit? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, this isn't right. Yada, yada. And then she's like, no, it's true. And I was fucking livid. I was like, because then I knew about it. And here I was in this spot of like, well, it's my job to protect you, but it's also my job to be feeding information to our parents. And so I didn't ever want the information Yeah. because like, if I didn't know, then I couldn't get in trouble. Mm. But if I knew, and I told her, I did, I was like, cause I felt when she was like, well, I like, I still love you. I'm like, cool, kick rocks. Mm. Like, you know, now you're putting me in this spot. Buddy, I'm sorry that you were in that spot. Like, that's not your job. Like, it's not your job. That was one thing that my parents, my mom always said to us is like, it's not your job to rat out your siblings. Like, you're supposed to be there for each other, help each other sneak out, like whatever, because you guys need to have a sibling bond. And I'm just sorry that you were put in a position where you were like, I don't want to know because then I'm going to get in trouble. There's so many inner fucking veins going on there that are just intertwining that are making that so messy and that's so hard there's no way for you to navigate that in the right way what is the right way because either it's like self-preservation or helping your sibling or like you can't navigate that there's no way I hope you don't hold yourself too poorly because of that I don't think so and I can see like where my parents were coming from too but I think it did like really that's what maybe created a difficulty for us ever having like a a friendship if you will and like yeah there was just like yeah lots of that no I get that I really do like you said it's really hard to be like someone's friend when you're when you're their like caretaker or you know their protector or these kinds of things it just it's a mm-hmm. dynamic shift that's really hard to overcome even in adulthood because that's something that I'm well, struggling not, with my siblings too you're not peers right no totally. so like how do you I mean I'm not really friends with people that I don't like consider a peer you know it doesn't have to be an age thing but if there isn't this like mutual respect or this mutual like hey let's have fun let's have a good time and I think that's what's maybe weird for Amanda and I now is that like we haven't had a lot of those opportunities like we have a lot of like young memories like she's saying um that I would agree with but like as adults now we see each other so infrequently that right it's hard to build those kind of new memories and stuff 
Totally. But we did. We had such a great time when she was out here and it was just so redemptive and, and very positive, even with the little spat in the middle. Oh my God. You guys are still sisters. There's no way that you're not going to have one of those <laughs> somewhere totally. along the way, you know? Totally. I'm just like, so like I said, I said it to you guys and I'm going to say it again, like the vulnerability and the willingness to hear what the other person is saying and just purely hearing it and not like getting defensive and getting crazy and getting like, you know, trying to justify and explain is, is a huge confirmation of how much work you guys have done because it it can't be easy to hear, you know, the things that both of you were saying, you know, not that they were negative things, just sharing your perspective that couldn't Mm -hmm. have been easy to hear um, all of that stuff. And so Seriously, I just a huge, huge, huge ups to you guys for being capable and willing to hear that stuff. I'm grateful for it, right? That's how we learn. That's how we grow. That's it's how I want to be heard, right? Mm-hmm. So being able to hear that from her, it's it's important. That's mm-hmm. her. You can't change somebody else's perspective, right? Yeah. You can't change their viewpoint necessarily on a situation. So I think it's good. I think it's great. I loved this conversation and I really am just deciding that I'm the third sister. So you're done. You can never get rid of the middle sister. Are we twins? What's the sitch? What is the sitch? I'll be the middle sister. That's fine. You'll be the middle sister. I don't want to be the oldest anymore. Fine. Okay. You can be the middle sister. I'll be the oldest. That's fine. When I'm born again, I'm not coming back as the oldest. <laughs> yeah, word. I feel that. I would like to be the youngest once upon a time. Like, yeah. That would be really fun. Yeah. When she's like, oh, to be babied and like, in the yeah, put me in a fucking bubble. I would have <laughs> yeah. loved to have been Matt, babied. My thing is like, I just want to be able to get away with the things. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to be able to get away with the things. I just want to think I can get away with them. Yeah, true. Like, that too. Yeah, I don't I even have to do it. I do them. <laughs> I just want to have the audacity to totally. like, think I could do it. Yeah. It just looks more fun. I would agree. Know? A lot more carefree. Whatever. We'll come back as youngest and we'll find each other in the next life too. And then we'll make sure that our youngest never hears. <laughs> no shitting. Oh, no. I can already <laughs> see it on my youngest. Like he's, he Likewise. thinks he's the shit. I don't know. Oh, man. I'm Today was a doozy. Was it? Oh. <sighs> those little things come up all the time like you're saying this whole like oh that's not your job like you know Remy's standing on the table and Olenia's like Remy get off it there you're not allowed and I'm like I appreciate it but like not your Mm -hmm. job Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. the number of times that I'm repeating in a day like you be his brother I'll be his mommy like I say it all the time because I think it is somewhat like an innately like you know, oldest thing, like why would you say, no, husband, don't do this or leave it here. Or well, they're trying to here. protect them from getting totally. in trouble, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it is. They're trying to help and it's I mean, messy. Yeah. Yeah. I think some of it is also controlled by my son, but <laughs> cute. Stupid cute. Okay. That's actually something that I was going to say. And now I'm pissed that I'm going to have to message Amanda. Amanda literally is stupid cute. Like, she is literally oh, I know. the whole thing. Like, she's just like, this is me. And not in, like, a forced, like... Showy way. Higher self. Yeah, no. Just she's is cool. who she is. She's she cool is being cool. So she's, when she's like, oh, you were always the cool older sister, I was like, thank you. Because yeah. you're the cool. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel about my sister, too. Which, she would never know that, because... Um, 
I told her the other day that I told her that I loved her on one of these episodes and she was like, you did? Which episode? And I was like, I don't know. And she was like, oh, I'm like, you're not a real fan. No way. Little sister things. They'd get along. They would. I think they really would. Well, wow. oh, I beat you to it. I kind of said it first. Yeah, go ahead. I am very proud of you. That was very fun. You are also a very cool bean and I love you dearly. I love you, amigo. And we love all of you little cuties. You can find us in the show notes. We'll link all of Amanda's handles, our own handles, and you can always find us at Stupid Cute Club. And you can find us online in a newsletter. Are you sick of us yet? (laughs) You better not be because you better be subscribed to all of those places. But if you can do us a solid, if you are not already following on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, can you just click that little button for us? Not only does it make sure that you are always up to date on the newest shit every Friday, but it counts in rankings and stuff that matters. And can you hear me eye rolling through (laughs) your speaker right now? But give that a go. As always, we really appreciate your guys' support and it means everything to our growth and just making sure that this club stays alive and well and gets bigger and we get to meet more cuties. So do what she says. Don't make her mad. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see you guys next week. Love you. Bye. Bye.